Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey guys, welcome to Cozy Womb Podcast. My name is Shan, Mama of the Girls. This is season four. Um, This series will be primarily just about women who are out here just doing it up. And when I say doing it up, doing it in their own way, running their businesses, uh, not momming the traditional way, not uh, working the traditional way, just really out here cutting their own uh, pattern as to who they want to be and what they want to become. So this series is primarily about, uh, you know, great women who are among us and just really picking their minds and seeing what their why is. I'm very interested in what women today why is as to what they do, why they do it, um, how do they feel while they do it, and really just representing and shouting out other women. So that's what this series is. Welcome to Cozy Woman Podcast. Let's get into it. Hey guys, um, just a disclaimer. So <clears throat> Anya and I have been trying to record multiple times unfortunately the first time we tried to record through zoom and we realized it did not record anything so we had to do it over and then this time the recording was good until i had to replay it back and what's happening is the timing is not catching up so in the uh episodes you may hear me ask her a question and she's still speaking or she's trying to catch up or vice versa but because the answers were so good because it was so just you know free will I was like just let everybody get the information um what I wanted to give you guys was her contact information that was at the end um so let me give you guys that but it was a very good interview and um Lots of information, especially if there's any women looking for doulas. So let me just give you her contact information um, that's at the end. Hold on. <clears throat> All right. So you can catch Anya Doula on AnyaDoula.com. That's A-N-Y-A-D-O-U-L-A.com. And I will put the um, info in the notes also. And if you would like to email her, it's Anya at anyadoula.com and you can catch her podcast on apple Podcasts, soundcloud um anchor you can catch it on spotify and other platforms it's called intercultured with anya doula so please check it out if you're looking for a doula in houston texas you know check on her website and see if she's available um and please take in all the information and if you know anyone that's pregnant that's thinking about a doula uh please share the podcast all right let's get into it hey hey it's anya doula and i am the host of intercultured with anya doula 
Intercultured with Anya Dula is a podcast that focuses on motherhood, culture, birth work, and travel. And it's just a place for women to come together to discuss our philosophies on motherhood, to discuss our work and birth work, if that's what we do, but mainly to bring women of all different cultures together so that we can talk about how we mother, how we hashtag do motherhood so that we can learn from one another and learn to love each other. That's really what it's all about. I hope you'll join us. Intercultured with Anya Dula podcast is available on all the major podcast stations. I hope you'll join us. Can't wait to connect. Here we go. Back to the show. Back to the show. We will be figuring out what Anya Dula's why is. Uh, She's our guest today. To me, she's already amazing because um, my firstborn and her have the same name, same spelling. So I'm just like, okay, well, I have to figure out what she's about. She's uh, in Houston, Texas. She is a doula. She offers pregnancy care. She's a podcaster. Uh, you can check out her podcast, Interculture with Anya Dula. And she's a blogger. And she's just full of information, full of uh, just motivation and encouragement for all women. And just figuring out a calm way to bring in life. And just out here helping women by day, by night. Uh, tonight, she just helped another woman bring in new life. So uh, this is Anya Dula. Hey, hey. <laughs> How are you? Thank of you for course. <laughs> you know what? I love that she's full of information and motivation. I'm like, ooh, yes. I have a tagline. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, my name is Anya. I'm in the Houston area, and I have been working as a doula for two years. And um, prior to working as a doula, I worked as a nurse in OBGYN private practices for about 16 years. And so I feel like I'm I, I have the best, best of both worlds right now. I did it. I was doing this work, you know, in within the constraints of the medical system. Mm-hmm. And now I get to do almost the same thing. I feel like, you know, I'm allowed at this point, um, working as a doula, I'm able to offer a much higher level quality of care. Mm-hmm. Um when it comes to educating my clients and um, being a more holistic provider altogether. So it's exciting work. I love it. It has to be exciting. Like I couldn't imagine doing labor more than two times. (laughs) 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 Like I I had to think about it. I've never been in a room while somebody is in labor, Uh except for the times that I was the one. And I'm just like, I don't want to be it. I know I don't want to be it, <laughs> but yeah, that's amazing to um, be a part of so many lives, and um, the fact that you know it on um, both ends of being, you know, in the medical field, and now as a doula, where you can give insight and, and again information to women 
on what their options are because when you're pregnant, you just know for sure, okay, now it's countdown. It's instant countdown. I have to have this baby. This is like what's going to happen month by month. And it's kind of like, what do I want to do to make sure that I'm safe, I'm healthy, that this baby is safe, and that this baby is healthy. And it's a lot of new information. And to have someone along the way of the process that is like a calm. It's like, okay, this person knows this. Let me just ask. Mm -hmm. Let me, um, you know, see what the best options are. Because the whole hospital documentation, the billing, um, them making you feel like you have to do things one way, it's just so overwhelming. It's so true. It can be um, absolutely overwhelming. And one thing that I like always try to point out is that for one, with a doula, you have someone on your team who is a hundred percent for you. And that's not to say that the medical staff, like the doctors and the nurses are not for you. You know, everybody wants Mm -hmm. the best outcome, but Mm -hmm. medical staff, are held to liability, you know, and their first job is to protect first themselves and then also to protect whatever institution it is that they're working for. And so what that means is there are a lot of factors that can get in the way of um, allowing a woman and her family to, to be active participants in their care plan, you know, And so if you have a doula on your team, then you know that you have a person in the room who is 100% for you, you know? And so I can impart all kinds of information and know that I'm not held to any standard by, you know, there's no bureaucracy telling me what I have to do or what I should be doing. And so what that does is it allows, like I said, it allows... Uh, it allows my clients to actively participate. Now they can make decisions and they're not just going along with what doctors tell them. And, and to that point, you know, it's, it's not even a matter of like just education, right? Like it's not a matter of like, well, if this person knew better, if this person read more or things like that, like, no. I would never, like, I wouldn't expect myself to be able to go into court and defend myself. (laughs) It's just, I'm I'm not well-versed in that. I have no education of the, well, I have a little bit of education of the law, but I don't have, you know, I don't have (laughs) that. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many episodes of Law and Order you see, <laughs> right. I won't do it. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and there's a there's so much that goes into it. And so I think that that's something that we we don't consider or I know I never considered when I was pregnant. And when I had my two children, I just went to the doctor and did what they, you know, did uh, not did what they told me because yeah, I was, too. you know, a little. I'm well. That's why I'm a doula. <laughs> I would listen to them. I would get um, information from my mom and then See, I would Google Right. <laughs> but, you know, that's what I tell people. Like a lot of times, um, a lot of times, you know, those who come to consults with me and they're a little bit skeptical or just not sure if it's, if it's worth the money. 
to spend on a doula, you know, I tell them like, you don't have the inside information <laughs> like on and all the ways that things can go. Because the other thing is we have to remember, regardless of who, what, where, when, birth is a very unpredictable situation. And you Fact. just, you never know what the turn is going to mm-hmm. be. And so um, you want to have someone there who can help you navigate through that. You want to have someone who can help you know what those turns will be while you're, you know, still pregnant and safe at home and in a learning mm-hmm. state, as opposed to being the patient and in a vulnerable state. And, you know, like it's extremely yeah. hard to try to learn it, understand it, make a decision. And that's how people get drugged through decisions that they're not even sure they wanted to make. Yeah. Um, both of the times I had my mom with me, she had uh, five of us without any drugs, all vaginally. Ooh. So I was like, you are excited, honey. <laughs> I was like, you But um, would you recommend if someone is having their first kid I would recommend someone with their first kid and someone with their fifth kid. I mean, yeah, Mm. just because every birth is different, you know, Um, every birth is different. Every situation is different. I definitely think first time parents, absolutely, like absolutely Mm -hmm. they should. But um, I also think that whoever feels like they need more support or feels like they need an extra person on their team um, or Mm -hmm. just wants to, like I said, like they just want to have a person in the room that they know is a hundred percent for them and looking out for them. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I just recommend that everybody have a doula. We're in the middle of, especially right now, while we're in the middle of this maternal health crisis, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, um, we're at a point where I tell people all the time and I say this all the time, we don't have the luxury of just walking into the hospital all willy nilly <laughs> and, you know, mm-hmm. just like figuring things will be okay. Um, that's that yeah. I, I, so at this point, we're talking about, you know, of course, in pregnancy, I want you to hire a doula, but anything that you're going to the hospital for, or anytime you're going to see a doctor, I really believe that we should always have somebody with us that's looking out for us. And, you know, that's going to be the person that speaks up if we can't speak up, or if we don't know how to speak up, or Mm -hmm. we don't know the questions to ask, to have somebody do that. Mm-mm. Very important, a backup person. So what would you say is your main reason on why you became a doula? Uh, the main reason I became a doula is because <clears throat> a, a lot of it has to do with, with realizing when I first realized that we were in this maternal health crisis and just um, mm-hmm. figuring out what my place would be 
And I know that when I was working as a nurse, because so I'll just give a little bit of background. So I, you know, like I said, I worked as a nurse for 16 years in OBGYN private practice offices. Um, And then I went into management and decided that was not my jam. (laughs) Got out of that real quick. (laughs) And then I realized that, um, and so then I, I quit and I just went completely different. I started teaching high school. So I was teaching high mm-hmm. school and loved teaching high school. I taught the kids who want to become doctors and nurses and uh, other healthcare professionals. So my classroom was a really fun classroom. I had great students who were motivated. So I didn't have like discipline issues and, <laughs> and stuff like that. We had a good time. Um, But while I was doing that, and as much as I loved it, I realized how much I missed taking care of women. And so I had, you know, I just, I decided, well, let me see, because that was around the time that the the conversation about the maternal health crisis was really kind of growing. And I was just like, whoa, what's, what's Mm -hmm. happening here? I worked in this for 16 years and I had no clue, you know, that, that this is a problem on this magnitude And so it became like, I really miss taking care of women. There's this problem. I used to work in the system where I saw these types of problems on the horizon and people don't like listening to black women. So, (laughs) (laughs) and so I was like, okay, I can do this at least on a part-time basis and, and do my part of um, do my part of of helping women um, helping women get through and not get through it but you know just like be educated and how to speak up for themselves and you know like be an advocate for them and um, so anyway I thought I would do it on a part-time basis and then I started it Mm-hmm. And then it just took off and I loved it. And then I was like, well, I guess I have a full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yes. That's when you find your calling. <laughs> That's really good. So what would you say the best part of being you? Is? The best part of being me? Oh, like yes. myself as an Anya? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I... I'm an adventurous person. And so there's Mm -hmm. almost nothing I won't try. Um, I'm, yeah, like I just love an adventure. So I'm always willing to try something new. I'm always willing to change, um, even when it's hard or even when, you know, others aren't along with it. Um, I'm just really Mm -hmm. open to I'm open to a lot. I'm open to see what the possibilities are and I'm always trying to see if we can make something shake. So <laughs> So I think that's I right. I like to think like that's what I like best about me is that I never get bored. I'm always like the moment that I get bored I'm like okay, what else is out there? I got to find something new to do. That's how I am and some people do that are like oh my gosh, you just never like like good with anything it's not about me not being good it's just like 
I don't understand why people get so complacent in yes. being just when there's so, there's so much more you don't know and you haven't discovered that. Why aren't you that? Thinking? And I'm like, there's so much. Listen, there was a time when people only knew the people in their family and their community, you know, and like they only knew the news. Right that's in their family and their community. And they only understood whatever the work is of their family and their community. And those were their only options. And I'm like, we live in a time, like we have so much information and we have, and it's easier and easier for us to learn new things and try new things and go to new places and meet new people. And I just live by, why wouldn't I? You know, like, like, why wouldn't I? want Mm. to experience something new why wouldn't I want to meet somebody new why wouldn't I want to see you know like what what all things I can get into but I there are a lot of times that people uh, you know like I guess what can be thought is that or things that have been said to me by like by family and friends is like (laughs) when are you gonna (laughs) figure it out (laughs) like you're always hopping from one thing to the next and I'm like I support myself and my family is always fine. So we're good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think some people live and some people just be here. I'm just like, I don't want to just be here. So, which leads me to my next question, (laughs) Miss Adventure. If you could add two more hours to your day, what would you do with it? If I could add two more hours to my day I want to tell you that I would read more (laughs) (laughs) like that's what I want to tell you that I would do with that time I used to be an avid reader like I was that girl that you would Mm -hmm. see with one book and then as soon as that book was done there was another one you know ready to be opened and you'd catch me reading anywhere I was you know um and life has just made it so where it's kind of hard to do that sometimes. So, well, a lot of times. Yeah. So I've, I've kind of gotten into auto, you know, like audio books, but even that's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same as just being able to curl up with a book, you know, on the couch or in the bed and just really get lost in it. So I think I'd like, I think that that's what it would be. Yeah, just reading. reading. Just and like and like reading for so, leisure. That's like not reading self-help, okay. not reading, you know, things that I need to study for whatever. Like yeah. the way I used to read novels back when I was a teenager and in early adulthood. That's what I miss. Mm-hmm. Mm. See, when I read, I usually read for, like, research. Like, I like researching things and finding out answers to things I would think. But then I have some books where I want them, like, some, sometimes I'll read a book and I want you to take me somewhere Yes. Else. I'm reading to escape this. So I got, um, uh, what's his name? Tahishi? Tanahasi. I think he, I always say his name wrong, too. <laughs> right. So his recent book. I uh-huh. got it on audiobook, right? And I'm like, I'm like three CDs in, and I'm just like, I do not like the person reading this it book. Makes like, such I don't a like difference. their voice. So, 
Listen, so I'm just like, I can't even get into this story because I'm not following you because I'm shooting <laughs> this person's voice out. So I took it back. I took it back today and I was like, you know what? I can't do this book. I got, you know, I got it on audio. I, I use Audible for my audiobooks and I downloaded it on mm-hmm. Audible and I, I had, like, I think I've, I don't even think I got through the first chapter and I was like, I'm just going to have to get the book and just read the physical book. Yes. I have two, I have two audiobooks on my iPad and I've never finished them because I need to smell turn uh, sit right. on pages of my book. I can't do I can't do Yeah, digital. And you don't, you want to know something else. Um, what is her name? Terry McMillan, whose books I absolutely love, have grown up loving. I listened to mm-hmm. her latest book on Audible and like her voices, she's reading it, the author, like she's reading it. And it's so painful, but I know that I love her books. (laughs) I know that I love her books, but she sounds like she doesn't want to be reading it. And I'm like, Terry, come on now. (laughs) Uh Oh man. What's the, um, the, uh, black godmother of Hollywood? Um, What's her name? Jennifer Lewis. (laughs) Yes. So I got, I have her book on audio and it is good. You know why? Oh, because it's her reading. Okay. So it's like when you play it, she's in the car with you. And when I tell you this lady is jokes, this lady is pure jokes. She is wild. But it's a she, really good um, book. She, no, what was I going to say? The other one, Michelle Obama's, she's reading. Yes. Yeah, so her book Becoming, she's reading it. And it really feels mm-hmm. like you're sitting on the couch, like having a chat with your girlfriend <laughs> because it's her. Oh, wow. Her, she's personal. Like yeah. and she's telling the story. Uh, it's her story. So I imagine that's probably how it is listening to Jennifer Lewis too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I, like it's and it, it it bothers me when I want to, when I'm really getting into it and the girl's getting, the time, it's like, man, I got to turn this off. So how do you feel as a beautiful black woman how today? Do I feel as a beautiful black woman today. If you could put that in words, what 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 proud mind? Yeah. Yeah. Proud. I am and I'm so I'm proud of myself. And you know, not for being mm-hmm. beautiful. But <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you could be proud of that. It does, that right? it does. Um, but like, you know, being a beautiful person, like um I left a a very secure <laughs> uh salaried and with benefits position. <laughs> <laughs> that's know, so scary like, things were really good and I knew that all bills would be paid all the time and that another check was coming in two weeks and you know <laughs> yes <laughs> right. and commission so, so um, and it was a it was a huge leap and it was a very scary leap but once I felt convicted and called to do this work that I'm doing 
it also was a, a no brainer, you know, like as, as scary as it was to make the decision and to actually make the leap, it was also just as much a no brainer that I was going to do it. And I like to think that that makes me a beautiful person. <laughs> I hope it does. Like, of course it does. <laughs> it's, it's, it's encouraging for other people. It's like, okay, well, she did it and she felt this. When I was working, um, I was working for a state farm for like four and a half years. And I was like three months away from my pension. And it just boiled down to, do you want to sacrifice being a mother, a good mother to your children for a job? Or do you want to be there for your children and and figure out another place for you? And that's what it boiled down to. And I'm just right. like, why is it this? Like with all with all the the license that I'm licensed to write, mm-hmm. you know, insurance in ten states. I've been working here for so long, and it boils mm-hmm. down to this now. And it was just something I had to do. So when I did it, I gave um, my uh, manager my letter. She called me on the cell phone. She's like, are you sure? She's like, do you need a couple of days to think about it? I was like, and now I'm like crying. I'm talking to her. And my mom is like walking around the house tiptoeing. She was like, and so I got off the phone with her. And my mom was like, are you crying because you're you're upset with me? Are you crying because you want me to stay? I said, no. I basically jumped off a cliff and I don't know where I'm going. And that's exactly what it feels like. You're like, I actually liken it to, I always say jumping off the highest diving board when you were, you know, like when we were little kids Mm -hmm. and like that high diving board was so super scary and you would like climb up the ladder Mm -hmm. and you're like halfway up that ladder. You're like, man, I might need to just go back down (laughs) and stay up. Yeah. It's just so like, so many of these jobs, they like to say, oh, no. it's work-life balance, but it isn't. It isn't. And it's kind of like, you know what? Do it for the right reason and do it because you've exhausted all your resources and this is the option and mm-hmm. this is like your time. And it, I don't know, like there's no job that I ever felt like oh my god I gotta be perfect mm-hmm. here this is it I've never felt like this is it for me at a at a place where I'm, mm-hmm. I'm working to pay bills and eventually maybe I might save a little something something but I I don't love it and when you find something that you yeah. love that is where you're supposed to be yeah yeah so that's I good. also like I like just in terms of going back to your question about beautiful, like being beautiful, how do I feel as a beautiful black woman? I also just like in the collective of beautiful Mm -hmm. black women, like it's also like, I just feel such a huge sense of pride for all of us, for where we are, Mm -hmm. for the strides that we've made in these few little years that black folks been free <laughs> and like uh, mm-hmm. people like to act like we've been free forever and I'm like no only in this century Listen. and 
It was last week. Last week. <laughs> and y'all still act like y'all don't want us. To... <laughs> yes. We we can still go into a store and be shopping just like another person and they'll look at us and be like, okay. do you have this and such and such? Okay. Ma'am, I do not okay. work Or here. to be followed around as if you don't have any oh. money or as if you came in, you know, like with criminal intent, like Or even worse, you don't get any of that. You get all the items that you want. You go to the register, and the person ringing you up could look just like mm-hmm. you in tone, skin tone. And they're going to say, girl, you must be putting this on the credit card. Why can't I have okay. the money? Or, like, I'm listen, confused. Play this game all night. Or to walk into <laughs> a store ready to purchase what you know you want. And they just ignore you because they figure right. you don't have anything and you're not really going to buy anything. Okay. But I'm just Listen. proud of where we are as black women all together in the aspect of like that, at least in the United States, we're the most educated group that mm-hmm. we have more black or black. There are more black women owned businesses than any other group. Um, it's the fastest growing. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, we, I told you <laughs> in a previous conversation, that whole swarm we did, we did a beehive swarm on that honeypot situation. <laughs> okay. Yes, I was just about to say it. I was just about to say it. And what's so crazy is I was buying her product before I, I heard her voice. And, and and I heard her on a podcast before this whole situation and she was explaining uh-huh. on why she started it. When she said she had a dream and the ancestors talked to her and told her to to put these ingredients Same. together to help herself. And that's what really birthed her doing this company and these products. I said, girl, I ain't mm. buying this wash tomorrow. <laughs> I am I am buying these these cleaning feminine okay. cloth what are you saying okay. and you see she didn't ha- she didn't have to say anything she sure did not we mobilized honey oh we God. were like no ma'am <laughs> but I, there needs to be more of that and I'm I'm glad that Target picked up her product the the yes. lip bar I'm yeah. glad that Target picked up their product because we spend the most we buy the most and I feel like if we support each other like how they Mm -hmm. basically bought her out Mm -hmm. and she has to wait to restock on things okay and we will be and that's what but that's what I mean is like while some of us already knew that that's the case there are so many of us that maybe didn't or just aren't clued in but that's what we can be proud of. It's like, mm-hmm. oh damn, like we like we really saved a whole company in a matter of hours, right? Like in a matter of hours. And so it's yeah. like, okay, well, if we really mobilize, <laughs> if we really can get together behind an issue, right? Like what else can we do? That was easy. That was like nothing. That took absolutely Yeah. That just took us being sisters. So anyway, that's what I think of beautiful black women. Like that's what I'm proud to be a part of. 
that we are. And I really believe that, I really believe it's gonna be black women who bring this, at least this nation, I would like to think the world, but we're the ones making this more equal on all fronts. Like black women champion everybody's efforts. And once mm-hmm. black women are start are being treated equally, and this is my belief, and I'll be the only person who holds to this, nobody else has to agree, <laughs> whatever. But I really mm-hmm. believe that it's going to be us that that gets us off of this white supremacy forever <laughs> train, you know, that this country has built on. I really think it's going to mm-hmm. be us that, I don't know, I just think it's going to be us that that changes and makes this world a more place because we're we're treated the worst <laughs> because <laughs> right we're treated the worst we start out of the all of and it we make the most and so if we're of, the ones of, fighting for right. us right and then we see what we did with honey pot and uh-huh. if we can get then behind this black maternal and it's already happening but we get behind this crisis right and we solve that black women are already mm-hmm. championing um, and I say black women as in like everyone who identifies as woman. I try not to get myself in trouble mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to, but you know, trans women, like <laughs> we're the main ones sticking up for all of these different issues to see that everyone is treated fairly. Once we're being treated fairly, it's, it's across the board from there. So it's going to take us to do that because nobody else is fighting for us. Mm-hmm. And, and not to disrespect, not to um, look down upon, but the days and the decades of women who are other than white not standing up to opposition mm-hmm. of saying no this is wrong I will I will not allow you we are not we are not our grandparents we are not our grandmothers where we're just trying to be quiet and be in a room no we have something to say and we're yep. going to be in the room and I like that absolutely and I, I like I know back then they were doing it because they didn't want to be killed or they didn't want things to happen to their family but now there's a little bit of yeah. all that'll help us a little bit. So um, when you when you have a a chance to make a difference to make a point for the majority of women who look like yourself, I think it's a responsibility for us to make the best I'm of with that, you. that opportunity. And I was going to ask you um, why are women vital to our today, but you already answered. <laughs> oh, man. That's so good. Um, could you shout out three women on their greatness, whether it's their website um, or their IG? Sure. I would like to shout out Frances Jones Coleman. She is a 
new black midwife here in Houston, and she was my first Duke mentor. <laughs> and um, she she's just awesome. She helps, you know, whoever needs the help, she's always there and willing to to help. So she she I know she's on Instagram as Superfran. You can find her at Superfran. Um, mm-hmm. Latina Baxter, who is the founder and owner of Marley and Moo Maternity, which is, um, it's a doula service or like a doula agency here in Houston. And I, I work for her. I pick up clients through her business and she's just like to watch her business or like know where her business started just five years ago and to see the growth and how many women she's, um, you know, just like made life easy for her, <laughs> like just made things easier, whether it's her clients yeah. or the, uh, you know, the women that she's hired. It's um, so anyway, you can find her at Marley and Moon Maternity on Instagram and Facebook. Like I think across you just find Marco. And a third shout out would be hmm. Now I'm gonna feel bad when they listen back at this because they're gonna be like, really? Okay, <laughs> but Crystal Tennille Irby of Them Black Mamas podcast, um, they were here in Houston mm-hmm. and just watching how Crystal puts together that podcast and to see her work. They, they were in Houston doing an installation at Project Row Houses and just the... The amount Mm -hmm. of attention she pays to detail and the organization and, but like knowing that she's doing that, like that's the side hobby kind of thing, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, right. Listen, with the kids, she has children. I'm just like, girl, She runs a household. She has a husband. She works as a doula. You know, like she's got a full client load. And so to, Mm -hmm. to watch her um, do that and then she's just such as like she's she's a sweet person but she's like she's real she sees you so anyway crystal tenniel irby of dim black mama's podcast mm-hmm. um i love you girl <laughs> i didn't i didn't mean to take forever to get <laughs> like i know i will be interviewing her next <clears throat> Yeah, she's going to be the next episode. I'm so excited. Yes. So I was like, yeah, that's going to be good. Speaking of podcasts, I started my podcast podcast last month. (laughs) So, yep, it is a brand new podcast. It's a new, new. I started it because um, the, the podcast is called Intercultured with Anya Dula, and intercultured meaning. Um, having a deep respect um, 
between cultures, you know, having a deep respect and a curiosity for mm-hmm. like a wanting to understand and um, other cultures. And so I, one of the things that I realized in the, I grew up in the military, so we lived around the world. I, um, I became a nurse in the military. And so I've taken care of women from around the world. I lived in New York city and was nursing there, taking care of women from around the world. I live in Houston. You know, it's like, so I've just always met so yeah. many women and I, I just admire women, a woman's work, right? Like what we do as women and especially in mothering. But what I realize is like for as different as we may think we are from a woman of another culture, a woman of another community or, you know, race, what all of the ways we mix cultures, right? Not just race and ethnicity, but like the groups that we mm-hmm. fall into, that as different as we may think we are, there's so much more that we have in common with one another. And we all parent the same way. Like we mother the same way. We do the same. I've seen mothers from Japan play hide and go seek the way that we play hide and go seek when you're just trying to calm a toddler down in the airport. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like mm-hmm. anything to make sure by any means necessary zero to 100 <laughs> real quick. And so yes. it's like those things like to to watch the the way a nursing mother, you know, holds her baby and and the way that we just all the ways that we that we take care of our children and love on our children and we nurture our families, we do it the same. And so I just wanted to start that conversation so that we, to help people just get to that point of, of being more open to others, especially women and especially Mm -hmm. mothers. I mean, we have to, that's what I mean when I say we're going to be the ones that make sure this becomes an equal place, you know, is, is that we have to, um, we have to be willing to learn from one another and to learn about one another. And so that's, that's what I, that's the conversation. Those are the conversations I'm looking to foster on the podcast. And one thing um, that I don't think a lot of people think about is the fathers that really want to be there for their pregnant wives, for their, you know, pregnant girlfriends, and don't, they don't know what questions to ask, they don't know what to do, to just be able to access a podcast that talks freely about, you know, the process and what happens and different perspectives, because you're you're, you're not going to have a a OBGYN say, hey, mm-hmm. come listen to my podcast so I could talk about X, Y, and Z. So it's it's a different level yeah. of having access to the information um, and being able to listen and then have some feedback on, you know, where do I stand in line of responsibility or availability and what should I do? Um, so I like that yeah. bridge for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> Always more, more information, information please. 
always more information. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So I have some fill in the blanks for you. So if I said all women, all children deserve what would be Attention. your finishing lines of that? Hmm. All what children deserve attention. They all just want attention. Good attention. Mm-hmm. And I, when I yes. taught high school, I very quickly realized how many children do not get attention at all in their day. And are those the ones that go against the grain or? They're, they're all, I mean, they fall into all of the categories, you know, the ones who, you know, it's the obvious Mm. answer is that those who are being disruptive or, you know, that they're seeking attention, but, but you have the ones that are super shy who also just want attention. (laughs) Like they may be quiet and they're not going to be the one who raises their hand and answers the question, but they want attention. And, um, yeah, so I just, and I realized like how much just, just acknowledging a child by name at the door with a smile, how much of a difference that can make. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that video of that teacher that has like (laughs) a high five sign, a hug sign? And and he gives like all his students uh-huh. in the line a choice to make it what they so want. It is so cute. It is so so, so cute. So and then cute. the teachers who like have a different high five for every single student. So I'm like, dang, that's like thirty. <laughs> right. Listen, I can do that because you know when I go to the uh, the uh, pediatrician and they're like, okay, who 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 are we seeing today? I said, you seeing. Aria, and they'll be <laughs> right. like, "Okay, what's her birthday?" I'd be like, "What?" <laughs> I got two extra birthdays to remember. Wait a minute. I took my son to the doctor yeah, every the, time. Whenever we he goes to every the doctor, time. wherever they need information, his information. And when they ask his birthday, I turn and look at him and say, "What's your birthday?" And he's like, "Really, really, mom." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the passwords, the numbers. I always tell him, I don't want to know. They want to know. Right? (laughs) You know, it's usually the dads that can remember that stuff. I'm just like, oh my goodness. I used to have exes that would call me and be like, "When was my mom's birthday again?" I said, "You are horrible." (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. All right, I have another fill in the blank for you. I wish my younger self knew. I blank. wish my younger self knew to just follow her heart. Heart is always the answer. Mm. Always. Even in adulting. Even in adulting. Because, you know, as I've said, like all the the different cycles that I've done or been from like 
I was in the army, you know, so mm-hmm. like from soldier to, to nurse, to teacher, to all a doula, uh, entrepreneur, I got to every one of those places by following my heart, which brought me to now doing with my life's work, right? And anytime I got off track was when mm-hmm. I went against what I in my heart, yes. <laughs> With the management. <laughs> have you noticed that all of those have a exactly nurturing listen, I, about listen, it? I was telling somebody the other day, I start like my very first job, the first work that I used to do was babysitting because my mom <laughs> my mom had um <laughs> at home daycare. We my dad was in the military. And when he deployed to the mm-hmm. Gulf War, the first Gulf War, mm-hmm. um, my mom stopped working her job so yeah. that she could make sure she was home for us. And so she started this at-home daycare center so she could still bring in money. And so I would help her with that. And then mm-hmm. so that, you know, because these women's, their husbands were also away and so I would babysit for them like on the nights or the weekends if they wanted to do whatever so that my mom didn't have to do it. But I was like, oh, <laughs> it hit me when I decided that I was going to quit my job and do this full time. I was like, this is where I started uh-huh. when I was 10 and 11 years old, taking care of women and their children. Right. Mm-hmm. My mom had an at-home daycare too, and then my house was always the uh-huh. kid house on the block, so everybody in the neighborhood would be at my house. So now, as an adult, <laughs> I'm completely secluded. I rarely ever leave my house. My best friend has a key to my house. Um, wow. If I'm off, I'm usually in the house. So. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, I'm <laughs> telling you, it's like uh, let's it, see. Yeah, so basically, yeah, just just follow your heart. I wish that that's what I would have known. Very simple. And you know what bothers people, like adults with that, is <laughs> all of the opinions about what you should do with your life. Where as a child, it's yep. very simple. This is what I like to do. Yep. I'm doing You it. know, my um, my youngest um. son, he plays soccer for the Houston Dynamo Academy. The Houston Dynamo is our professional soccer team here in Houston. Um, but that's something mm-hmm. that at nine years old, he told me he was going to do. And told and look and gave me the roadmap. Told me what I needed to do that and day that's good to make sure he made it. <laughs> to make it. And so, um, but I never doubted him. You know, like I never doubted him. It's what he said he wanted to do, and mm-hmm. I just believe that children, children, one come to this. They come to this life with their own soul contracts. That's number one. And that has nothing to do with us as parents. (laughs) That's between them and the creator. And so for Mm -hmm. us to get in the way of that is just wrong. But also, Mm -hmm. like, it's our job to facilitate 
that for them and not to dictate who they're going to be or what they're, you know, like mm-hmm. what their work is to be. Yeah, it's like plants. Like every plant can't take the same food or the same amount of light. You got to give it what it needs to grow. And when you put kids into something they love, they just open up. I love it. I dig it. Let's see. I got another fill in the blank for you. I feel most love when (laughs) these two things happen. When I get attention and when I get gifts. Blank, blank. (laughs) (laughs) I like, I like. Mm. Thoughtful gifts, yes. Thoughtful gifts. Nope. You can't fake those. Alrighty, I gotta um, I gotta in five years, what impact would you like to make in this world? I just want to know that I've done my part like in an honest effort, have done my part in reducing the maternal health crisis, especially for black women in this country because we're the most at risk right now so um in five years i would like Mm -hmm. to look back and see that and be satisfied with with my work in that effort um that and i want to be traveling (laughs) (laughs) yeah of course of course. Yeah, I don't when it comes to that, it's uh it's kinda like like I've I've been doing this podcast and I've never talked to anyone that has lost a child or you know, dealt with mm-hmm. going through labor and losing a child then because because I haven't experienced it. I don't know if I would feel comfortable asking certain questions about that. But I feel like with all the news outlets, it's just one of those things that really gets swept under the rug. Whereas I don't know how, because you always see these articles of these husbands defending mm-hmm. you know, their wives who are not here, their children who are not here. Or even that... Um, father who was left with six of his kids and his wife died right and it's kind of right how do you compare that's always like my biggest issue with the whole thing is that there's no real accountability for the medical establishments Mm -hmm. that were charged with their care with you know with these women's care and that failed and I mean yeah they'll shell out some settlement money, you know, but as we see, that's not correcting the problem. Mm -hmm. So it's more than hit them in their pockets. Like it, you, like we have to actually do the tedious. And I think it's just dirty work of like changing 
people's psyche and how they see us <laughs> as black mm-hmm. women. And so it, you know, like, yeah, it, that there's just so many different, I can't even, it makes my head hurt, but like <laughs> so many different ways that we have to, to tackle this issue. But that my biggest issue is that it's like, is that, that part that like these women are now lost. And so while medical establishments and scientists and social scientists are all looking at data and determining the percentages, you know, and all the, and I'm like, but this is a woman whose children don't have her any longer, whose husband is trying to figure out how he's going to do this on his own whose friends are devastated at the loss of their friend, whose parents can't believe that they had to bury her mm-hmm. before they died. Like, there's no accountability to that. Yeah. Or even, not even the accountability part, but it's like, how many more women have to die before you guys be like you know what all hospitals should have a department set up just to ensure and secure the legal the legal part of what could happen you know it really comes down to and this is for the patient this is what's always so funny to me about this this whole conversation is that it's there's so much work that has already been put in and so much more work, but more than the work, um, I'm always looking at where's money going and where is it actually being Mm -hmm. spent and on whom is it actually being spent? Mm -hmm. Um, Because we have these programs, like these programs are already here in every inner city, you know, like there is a medical institution or two or three that receives extra funding every single year for the sole purpose of making sure that care is equal across the board, whether women are poor, whether they're a different race, whether they have access to insurance or not. Like so many of these hospitals are given that subsidy every year. So many of those hospitals are not putting that money directly into those women and so that's crazy when like when we're having this conversation about accountability it's just a matter of people mm-hmm. <laughs> deciding not to look at what we know is there and what we know is that and implicit bias are the reasons that this happens. And so how we're not already on this super task force Mm -hmm. of making sure or mandating that every single hospital system has implicit bias training the same way, well, I mean, it it, it took Mm -hmm. a long time for this to happen too, but the same way that we have sexual harassment training every single time we go to a new job, and then not only do we do it during orientation when we first get hired, but we have to to take the class at least. (laughs) 
HR, your continued okay. education. And so oh I'm like, why is it doesn't not even really sense. take a whole lot of more money to just make that happen. But the reason it's not happening is because people are afraid to have the conversation or just downright don't feel like it's a conversation that needs to be had. Well, you know what happens when people are afraid to have the conversation? That whole right. situation with the two lawyers in Starbucks. So why do we have to stop and have a whole <laughs> meeting about racial inclusion and all of this? Just be decent And then to still, everybody. wait, because that's so funny that you say that because I just read this article the other day that said that Starbucks does not pay... Um, like it just came out that Starbucks pays black barristas, baristas, barristas, baristas pays them less than yeah their barista. white counterparts. I'm like, so y'all had that whole inclusion day for nothing. <laughs> Listen, the fog is thick, and this is why a lot of jobs right say you know, don't talk about your pay because you know it's something wrong. Like, my last my last tech job, a lot of people left that job because when they were bringing in new... First of all, they, they were bought... Mm-hmm. They a, a company came in and bought some of their company or whatever. They partnered. And then they started to change, mm-hmm. make changes within, but not announce the changes. So they had like this fog of, oh, everything's going to be the same. Don't worry. It's not going to be any big changes, blah, 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 blah. So they started hiring new uh-huh. people to do the same position we were doing it as SDRs. But because mm. they had a degree, you were paying them more than what we were getting paid. But the people, but people that were hired before with their degrees were still not getting paid what you're paying somebody sitting next to us. So, no. So, I don't know, like, it just needs to be more in your face, more pronounced that, hey, if this happens, this is where you can go and get help. If this happens, these lawyers here are for, you know, uh, people who are in a situation where someone has died uh-huh. because of the treatment from a doctor or during labor. What what article was it where um, the wife and the husband I think they're taking the the doctor or the hospital to court for breaking I don't think I've seen this story. child's this story. arm or something through Oh my god, I think it was on Facebook. <clears throat> so basically the way that um uh-huh. they delivered the baby, I don't know if the baby died or whatever, yeah. but it's just like certain things are common sense. Like if I'm if I'm in labor and I'm laying down and you're a doctor and right. my husband cannot deliver my baby because we're here at the hospital, who but who the, is that? The called? other thing is, and this is what um <clears throat> so I read because there was a woman just just a few days ago that we found out um over the weekend she's in New York City and she died 
during childbirth or right after, not right after, four days after childbirth. And she had been complaining the whole time of pain and was dismissed every time. And then when she finally did, when they finally did help her, it was too late. She died. And um, so there was like a, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a post somewhere and the comment thread and what someone pointed out, and I, would, I just thought, I was like, this is a brilliant observation. She was like, most of the time when people sue, they're not suing for money. They go to lawyers because they're seeking answers. But what happens is on the medical side mm-hmm. of things, because they don't want to be held liable, like they can't even have a decent human being to human being conversation about whatever happened because they're being advised by lawyers and they're being advised by the institution and you know like don't say anything never apologize keep conversation short don't give too don't give any information and so these families are just left with nothing they're not told anything it's like it's Right, because right. they don't want to be liable for them doing something wrong. When you go to certain stores and you talk to them about how their product is faulty, and they were like, <laughs> okay, well, let's troubleshoot it and see what's going on. Your product is right. faulty. <laughs> like, stop beating around the bush. I am telling right. you, what is the issue here? What are we going to do to fix this? And, 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 and until there's some accountability and some let's go through step by step what happened yeah i feel like it's going to be it's true over and again that's why we again and again and right? again that's and why again. it keeps happening and it's you know i i don't know what it's going to take or how many more women it's going to take but um i just hope we're closer to the end of it than mm-hmm. than what seems to be Mm-hmm. Is this podcast called Sixteen Nineteen? I started it, but I haven't. And it's really, into it it's yet. really good. It's very informative. Um. <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. It's going to make you mad. It's going to make you connect the dots mm-hmm. on why black people do not trust doctors, why black people do not trust banks, why why they they resist so much. Because mm-hmm. when 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 laws were put in, in place back in the day for everyone to be treated uh-huh. equal and get equal medical care, doctors and nurses who once didn't have to deal with anyone mm-hmm. other than white, they were still saying no. I'm not working on that patient. I'm not helping that patient. I don't want them in uh-huh. the hospital. Send them to, you know, the black do- doctor two hours away. And so a lot of people were being turned away because of who they are. And then even like Medicare, they were fighting that. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is wrong with people? And then now today, you could have the best insurance. You could go in the hospital with Blue Cross Blue Shield and still 
find yourself listen in a you can have the best insurance you can have the best you job you can have the best education you can have all the money <laughs> you can have everything that says that you should be okay and safe and well taken care of and you if you are a black woman in this country are at least three to five percent. I'm about to say it wrong. Three to five times more likely to die than a white woman with, without a high school education. Mm -hmm. You can have all those things. You can be Serena Williams. Mm -hmm who nearly lost her life after telling them over and mm-hmm. over what was wrong yeah. with her. And they didn't listen to her. And I'm mm-hmm. like, listen, Serena Williams is an athlete <laughs> of the highest level. <laughs> right. Hello. If anybody knows her body is And her. you're not listening. You can be Beyonce. <laughs> Yeah. And still nearly lose your life. Listen. From preventable measures. But you know, they're so quick. Yeah, they're so quick to combat women who want to be heard that are not being heard in in the labor and delivery room. Right. And be like, okay, you're not doing what (laughs) I say. I'm going to have the police come in this room. Why are you calling the police? I, I would just rather have another opinion by another doctor, please. Like, because what about that ne- makes you want to call they the police they're to come in this authority room? over us. <laughs> and it also lets you know... Oh, my God. It also is just insight into, like, how Black women are viewed. We're viewed as incompetent. There's no way we could possibly know anything that we're talking about. No, she's crazy. <laughs> she must be crazy. Right. And so then once you're labeled crazy, right. now they feel like they have to subdue you. You know, like that's how we get to police being called. On women who need help. You know, like at the very, like the most basic reason mm-hmm. that anyone is in a hospital is because they need help. But, yeah, so, like, that right. whole getting to police thing, that whole, like, I remember when I was, um, so, like, I I told y'all I grew up in the military, and in the military, we we have, like, we have universal health care, basically, like, everybody gets it. There's, like, there's nobody who's going to be denied Mm -hmm. access to the Mm -hmm. clinics and the hospitals on the bases. And there's, you know, like we have a military insurance, but there's not anything that we have to do other than serve our country, right. To get it. And so everybody has it. And then when I started working Mm -hmm. on the outside, when I got out of the military and I realized the, the disparities in healthcare based on people's race, based on, you know, people's socioeconomic status, 
based on just how they showed up that day. Um, I, I, I was like, is this happening? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember watching the news or like reading in the newspapers that like a, a, a homeless black woman went to the ER that something was wrong. She knew something was wrong. She felt like she was dying. She needed help. But because she's homeless, they kicked her out and she died on the sidewalk right outside. Like, I'm like, is that where we are? But that's, that's, that's what I mean. Like, that's a person like they've decided that she's not worthy of help. They did that to another black woman in uh, Baltimore, I think. It was the dead of winter. It was snowing outside. She was outside butt naked at a bus stop with the IV thing because they put her out because her insurance lapsed or went And so that's her that. Like, it's all of in that the hospital. is dehumanization. It's <laughs> like that. That is dehumanization. And that's how <laughs> it's crazy. we get to the point of calling police on people who need help. And so when I say like digging into people's psyches mm-hmm, and like, mm-hmm. you know, like having to plant seeds, when I tell you I was in that classroom teaching these children all about cultural competency and teaching them about the history. Okay. We watch movie. We watch Miss Evers boys about the Tuskegee experiment. We watched Henrietta Lack story. <laughs> like, we, like I drove yes. home because I was like, I am going to make sure that if I am in charge of edifying the minds of future health professionals, that at the very least, what the group who came through me won't do (laughs) is treat anyone any differently from anyone else, that your number one job is to provide quality health care to people in need of your help, period. Right. Or to even just that too. act like this thing exactly. is not a thing. Ugh. All right, which brings me to what would you say are your three must-dos Three must-dos the, right, the doula. right doula? You need to know what you want, what type of birth experience you want to have. And you choose a doula who matches the birth experience yeah. you want to have. For instance, I am a doula who has a nursing background. And so it only makes sense that people who want to have hospital births <laughs> are going to look for me over a or you know or another nurse like or another yeah. doula like me who has some sort of medical training and background as opposed to a doula who only supports or you know is like a hundred percent natural birth so you find the doula who's going to match your vision you have to do that first second is mm-hmm. um, second is pay your doula. 
facts, 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 facts. Please, your life is on the line. You need to be willing to pay. Listen, you need to be willing to pay for the quality of care that you want. That's bottom line and period. Um, But also like in understanding, because like sometimes I hear these things like, oh, um, a doula the other day posted that somebody was like, so you just want me to pay you to be my friend? (laughs) It's like, oh, poor sugar. But um, no, this is, you know, like your doula is doing a lot of work in educating you but outside of the work that she's doing so like outside of the actual work that she's doing to put together information for you and help you find the information that you need that is specific to you blah 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 like I got up out of my Mm -hmm. bed before we even talk about I got out of the bed yesterday I was at the hospital with this client (laughs) who started having it your you know her induction was started yesterday mm-hmm. i was at the hospital with her yesterday we texted all through the night tonight i got up and was out of my house at six this morning and i walked in the door when you and i started this conversation at <laughs> that that is a paid relationship i had honey. to send my son <laughs> in a lift today to where oh, he needed to goodness. be. Um, I don't know who fed who. <laughs> you, know, but like, you know, like all that, like I Listen. leave my house. Like I get Did up you eat on a whim and I go and whatever needs to happen around this house, like my family fills in the gaps. And I mean, that means it's my two sons, you know, like they know that they just have to make things happen. And so when I say you need to pay your doula, like, because that's what, those are the sacrifices it's, and it's, it comes with the work. It is what we want to do, but that's why those prices are what they are. But Mm -hmm. there, there's not really a regular schedule. (laughs) Is that like your regular schedule? (laughs) You know, I mean, like, because birth can happen at any time. Oh, and so you just geez. never know. I mean, I have the things that I do day to day. Yeah. Um, but like I had appointments. I had prenatal appointments with clients today. And I had a consultation with a, with a potential new client that I had to cancel all of those mm-hmm. things today um, because my client's in labor. So that's where I have to be. So right now, let me tell you, I'm so excited. Because... So how many clients do you take on at a time? So when I first started as a doula, um, Frances, <laughs> the one that the first one that I shouted out, she told me um, full time is about five or six clients a month. She was like, "That's busy full time work. Like you're gonna be working all the time." And so my goal. At that time, I was still teaching high school full time. So I knew at that point I was going to take two clients a month and I hit that goal consistently. And sometimes I got a third one. And then when I went full time, though, things like really slowed down and I got scared. (laughs) And so February was the Mm -hmm. just last month was the first month that I met my goal of five clients a month. So... And now this month I have five, no, this month I have six, 
Next month I have five. So um, I'm rocking and rolling now. I'm trying to figure out this new group. <laughs> okay. And my other question No, because is, what I learned very quickly stack them like my by first due couple date? of clients is that they're gonna they those babies are gonna come whenever they come and so mm-hmm. yeah like so i like if i even try to space it out right that's what my mom said it, it may not matter because who's due on september 15th may actually mm-hmm. give birth on august 1st and who's due on august 1st may not have her baby until oh. august 15th and so it it, like I just know that if I keep my numbers straight, yeah, <laughs> I love. That's by the way, when I heard so that or when I read <laughs> how you came to the name of that podcast, I was like, "That is so adorable." Yes. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> When I tell you Anya was inside of me with the lazy boy, I said, girl, it is time to go. Get out. Mm-mm. Okay. Oh, man. Well, I have one more question for you. Explain, Explain motherhood, motherhood in, in two, two words. words. And I have to say it is a loving adventure. Bye. Bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.